Welcome to 15 Minute Freelancer, your snack-sized guide to being your own boss and building a business and life you love. I'm your host, Louise Shanahan. My LinkedIn bio says I'm a freelance health copywriter, but for the next 15 minutes, I'll be tickling your ears with practical strategies, behind-the-scenes stories and nuggets of wisdom so you can create a freelance business that works for you. Whether you're just starting out or you've been self-employed for a while, I'll be right here with you to help you navigate the ups and downs of freelancing life. So grab a coffee, relax, and join me for 15 minutes of freelancing fun. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Hello and welcome to 15 Minute Freelancer. Today we are putting our personal development hats on. I'm joined by my very good friend, Jen McKeown from Orange Bothy, who is a mathematician and mountaineer turned performance and leadership coach and expert in all things mindset. Hi, Jen. Hey, Louise. So one thing that I hear people say a lot is that running a business is a major exercise in personal development. You know, when you're running a business, you you can't really hide from your bullshit, can you? You have to be able to <laughs> dig deep, to keep going through the challenges and overcome all sorts of obstacles. You have to push yourself and learn and shift the way that you think about success and money and things like that. There's really no hiding. And I think that's a really amazing way to learn about yourself and grow and unpack all sorts of baggage. But it's also kind of a challenge too. And I think having some sort of process for taking stock of how things are going and reflecting on what's working well and maybe how you can work through the sticky bits can make running your freelance business a lot easier. So I'm really excited to have you here today to talk to us about some tools and habits that we can use to help us build some reflective practice or self-coaching practice into our businesses. So Jen, this is a very meaty topic. (laughs) Maybe we could start by talking about some of the common challenges that people are up against from a mindset perspective when they're running a business and any practical tips you might have for how we can manage that emotional roller coaster. Wow, that's uh, quite the welcome. Thank you. Um, Of course. So I think that the first thing that's really important is to acknowledge that the fact that there's an emotional toll, don't trivialize it at all. Um, You're not imagining it and it is very, very real. Mm. And what's important about that is that once we've done that, it makes it much easier to almost treat it as a bit of a project management kind of task. And we can kind of emotionally distance ourselves from our own emotions, if you like, and then put in some strategies to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So typically people will come to me with random things that are going on in their head that they just can't quite get clear or they're having random worries that are coming up. Usually the top tips that I would give to start with is first of all to start with basic self-care. So <laughs> it sounds silly but making sure that you're eating enough, are you sleeping enough? Have you been outside recently? Have you done some exercise? Do you still have a life as well as work? It's really important to recognize that we are still human beings and you would be amazed at the level of people like, okay, you're really having a not nice time at work because you haven't eaten today because you've been so caught up in what you're doing. The basic self-care things. And then the next things on top of that is making time to talk with people. One of the things of freelancing, as you've spoken about mm. in many of your episodes, is we're alone a lot and we can it can be quite isolating. So really going out of our way to find people that we can talk about things with, whether that's other freelancers or um, colleagues, or if you, I know it's not a shared workspace anymore with COVID now. Um, So are there friends that you can talk with just like, so we're not having to carry everything ourselves? and failing that, is it maybe time to be hiring a coach? 
And then also being proactive with dealing with sources of the emotional toll. So like if it's obvious that all your stress is around money, okay, can we put a strategy in place to deal with it? If it's coming from the clients, what can we do with there? Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's quite easy to say all these things. Actually doing them can be uh, easier said than done, especially because like emotional toll is quite an abstract concept. So it can be quite hard to put our finger on it. So the two things that I commonly use for myself and recommend for clients are for a start coaching, obviously, and failing that, if that's not available to you, then journaling is a super powerful tool for the reflective practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the autonomy of working for yourself is one of the best bits about freelancing. But when you're the only one making the decisions and you're wondering if you're doing the right thing, focusing on the right priorities and, you know, not getting stuck in the weeds and turning every little decision into an existential crisis, it can be really challenging. Yeah, really. So I wonder if we can maybe talk a bit about when you say journaling, what would that look like? Yeah. So what often people imagine when I talk about the idea of journaling is like, dear diary, today I had for breakfast. And obviously that is, well, journaling can be whatever you want it to be. So if that's what you want it to be, then that's totally cool. Mm -hmm. I might offer a different and more useful way of doing it is to think of it as we're trying to take all the thoughts that are in our head. And whilst we hold them in our head, they can be quite difficult to see and they can feel all tangled up and cloudy. And I like to think of it as we're trying to like put all the thoughts onto the paper in front of us and then we can look at them and organize them a bit easier. So that could be um, you're writing down ideas or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're having all these ideas about this one project and then you've got these random thoughts that poke in about like, oh, I must remember to like, I don't know, phone the vet to book the cat's appointment and do all these random things that are kind of distracting as well. But if we get them all down, we know that, okay, I've captured the idea that I need to bring the vet. I know that I'll come back to that. Now I can focus on the big thing and work through that. It can also be useful for the idea of fears and mind monkeys. Um, I'm a particular fan of encouraging people, and I use this myself a lot as well. If I'm feeling anxious about something or worried or just like a bit weird, really like sit with my pen and paper and try and word for word write down the thoughts that are in my head. If your thoughts are instead of coming words and more in concept, then if you can draw or scribble or just some way that you can communicate to yourself that you know what's in the paper in front of you. Yeah, so word for word, trying to get the fear down. And then maybe then once they're written, go and get a coffee or something, take a little bit of a breather and come back to it. And then using the journal to kind of analyze these thoughts and be like, okay, is this actually real? So I've got three little top tips if you wouldn't mind if I shared them. Yeah, of course. So the first one would be once you've got these thoughts written down is you're looking for any kind of ridiculousness or extremism. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so like, it seems that when these things are in our head, it can be quite difficult to realise when we're just being ridiculous about something like catastrophizing is a good example. So if I don't get this report written by the end of the week, which I'm kind of feeling a bit tense about doing, I'll run out of time, I'll lose all my work, blah, blah. And next this becomes is the fear will be you've lost your mortgage in your house and you're, you know, you're living in a homeless shelter. We can just create these things in our head that feel so real while it's in our head and putting it down on paper. It's much easier to be like, oh, actually, Mm. first of all, that's ridiculous because I'd never let that happen. Mm -hmm. And then if it's not ridiculous or it's kind of like, on the edge of ridiculous, how realistic is it? Like specifically, what kind of probability are we talking that this massive consequence is going to happen? And if it's a low 
consequence. Okay, we can let our brains be like, it's cool, it's not going to happen. Or is there anything that I can actually put in place to mitigate against this worry? So instead of just carrying it as a worry, actually do something about it. So that would be tip one, look for ridiculousness or extremism in what we've written. Tip number two would be to look for any kind of made up rules of weird logic. So these would be, I'm looking for words like shoulds, I should do this or I must do this. The human brain seems to have this capacity to just make things up and it's quite good to be able to write them down and question it. So, okay, is that actually true? Um, another one is with the logic, if this, then that. So go back to the catastrophizing example. If I don't submit this piece of work to the client by the end of the week, then I'll lose my mortgage or whatever. Really, is that true? Is the if this, then that, is that complete? Is there any other options that I'm just like not being able to think of right now because I'm so preoccupied with worry? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so look for made up rules and weird logic. Uh, the third tip would be looking out for any kind of ambiguity and vagueness. Mm -hmm. especially for the more existential worries so like I'll never be successful or I'm not good enough yet to do this thing okay well specifically what do you mean by successful how do you know you're not successful how do you know if you're on the track to be successful what is good enough are you sure you're not actually at that level yet could you be there already specifically how are you going to be good enough and then if you still come to the conclusion that you're not well can we analyse this further? Is this still actually true? So number one, look for ridiculousness in your journaling. Then look for made up rules and weird logic and then ambiguity and vagueness. There's so much good stuff in there. The one about asking if it's really true reminds me of the work of Byron Katie where she uses that exact question. Yes. So she's saying if you have a thought that keeps coming up in your mind that's disturbing you in some way or bothering you then you can say is that really true what would life look like without that thought and then that can maybe help you move forward I like that idea yeah journaling is something that I do now and then on a personal level but I haven't really explored it as a business tool and it seems like these tips could be a really helpful way to get started it seems like you could either use journaling as a way to kind of address specific challenges as they arise for example if there's an awkward situation with a client that's bringing up certain feelings or if you're struggling with imposter syndrome, like you said, or also maybe if your business has suddenly grown and you're wondering how to handle that. But also I like the idea of building this in at the end of a client project, maybe to look back and think about, okay, that went well. I enjoyed these aspects of the project. This bit felt difficult and how could I streamline this or make this better in future? So it's really whatever works for you, isn't it? I really agree with what you've said. Good. <laughs> so obviously there will be scenarios where people want to build on this work and get support from a coach and expert like yourself. If people want to work with a business or a personal development coach, how should they go about finding someone who's going to be a good fit? Yeah, this is a really interesting question. I think it's worth, first of all, to understand the difference between coaching and mentoring, because then the rest kind of makes sense. So typically mentoring, we think of, of someone who has expertise in an area and they're both helping us reflect on our own stuff in that area and also passing on a level of knowledge, skills and experience. Looking for a business coach, certainly that's what I would be thinking. It's a level of mentoring that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. So I guess their actual ability to coach is less important, but do they have a demonstrable CV that I can see, okay, this person has useful stuff that they can give to me and they've succeeded already? Like, have they done well in different businesses? And can I see evidence that they can communicate that to different types of people so that I can actually learn from them? The kind of coaching that I offer is slightly different. Um, the more personal coaching and performance and leadership coaching, because it's much less 
technical, if you like. Mm -hmm. Like, so the technical stuff that I do is more like um, general how the human brain works and how that affects the day to day ways that we are running our lives and how we can use that to our advantage. And that ties in more with like the stuff that we've just spoken about with the journaling kind of themes. If you're journaling, think of that as like a silent coach, if you like, whereas if you're actually dealing with a coach, you've got someone who's really listening really hard to what you're saying and looking for the themes and threads and then asking directed follow-up questions for that. The first filter that I would use is looking for their knowledge, skills and experience within their discipline. So the easiest way to do that is look for an accredited qualification. So that might be the International Coaching Federation or their their membership of the Association of Coaches. The type of coaching I do uses NLP. So if you're looking for someone like that, look for the Institute of NLP Trainers Association accreditation. Can you just explain to us what NLP is? NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And essentially it's an amalgamation of useful bits from different therapies, useful bits from different like project management styles, another way of thinking about how the human brain works and how we can use it to our advantage. Yeah, so if you're looking for a personal coach, first filter by their qualification and then look for someone that you are going to gel with. Coaching works best when you have a good relationship with someone. So pick someone that you're probably going to like. Most coaches offer like a, a free chat session so you can kind of meet each other. And first of all, they can check that they can actually help you with the thing and you can just get a sense of each other's vibe too. And then after that, pricing and availability. People come to me typically for, there's two options mostly. If I've got regular clients that I know, they'll often come to me for like a one-off blast on a, through a specific project that they're working on, or I'll have them for a while as they work through a project and we'll have like, I don't know, either weekly or bi-weekly kind of accountability, but also, okay, I've made this progress and this has happened. And then helping them keep on track of their priorities for each week and coaching through that. So yeah, really knowing or at least like having a vague idea of what you want can be really helpful. Yeah I think that's really useful. I've tried a few different options for coaching with individual coaches and also group coaching programs as well which can be another way. Obviously when you work on an individual level with a coach you're getting that kind of one-to-one attention to really like crack a problem that's maybe holding you back but there's also real value in doing something as part of a group yeah. especially if you're thinking about things like imposter syndrome or I think just dealing with some of the lonelier kind of issues that come along with freelancing yeah and this goes right back to the beginning of basic tools for dealing with the emotional toll of freelancing of like just find people to talk to so you're not alone all the time mm, yeah well, thank you, Jen. That's been so helpful. There's so much food for thought there. If people want to find out more about journaling or connect with you and find out more about your work and your coaching work, where should they go? Thank you, Louise. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, my website is www.orangebothy.co.uk, B-O-T-H-Y. Um, otherwise, I'm on LinkedIn as just Jen McKeown or I'm on Instagram at Jen Jen McKeown. Great. I'll put those links in the show notes so people can find you. Well, thank you so much. And thank you everybody for listening. I will be back next week. You've been listening to 15 Minute Freelancer with me, Louise Shanahan, freelance health copywriter and content marketer at thecopyprescription.com. If you enjoyed this, please hit subscribe, leave a review or share it with a freelance friend. And if you've got a freelancing question you want answered on the podcast, find me and say hi on Twitter, LinkedIn or Instagram. Thanks, and until next time, happy freelancing!